0: Praise God. Amen. Amen. Song is so beautiful, and the Lord wants us to sing to Him. Amen. He created us to sing. He sings. He sings about us. Isn't that nice? That's amazing. A song about us that He sings. Good good song, you know. Not like uh, someone else we know. But anyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see everyone today. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I get excited because I study and the Lord shows me what he wants to say. I get excited and I just want to give it to you and uh, have you get excited and be, uh, you know, in, enriched by the Lord. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you that, Lord, as we read and hear about your word that you have especially given to us. We thank you that it will touch our hearts and we'll be reunited, reunited with you in a new way, in a strong way to know that you love us and care for us. We just give you the praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. Amen. So we want to continue our study on the names that Isaiah gave to Jesus. He gave him four names. You know, there's many names that Jesus has in the Bible, over a 100 names. One name just doesn't tell it all. He's so much to all of us, so many things that he is to us. But let's uh, uh, look back. And see what Isaiah said. It's amazing that he could prophesy 700 years in advance. That would be like Christopher Columbus prophesying what the United States was going to look like in 1926 or whenever. When did, the, when did Christopher Columbus come? 1492. Yeah. He sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Okay. So now, let's look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's wonderful, isn't it? That that's your name? That is actually what you do? Now, we learned uh, last week, wonderful is not the way we use wonderful. You know, like we say, well, we went on a wonderful vacation. We had a wonderful dinner. Or, you know, the date I had was just wonderful. He's just so wonderful. And my wife, she still calls me Mr. Wonderful after, after 40 years. I keep reminding her. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, but the wonderful doesn't mean that in, in, the, in the Greek Or Hebrew, It means something miraculous, something that exceeds your expectations, something that is supernatural, like the parting of the Red Sea. That was a wonder and an amazement, wasn't it? How God can do that. So the Bible says that he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. You can't even think as good enough of what God has for you. Isn't that amazing? You're you're trying to say, well, I need this, God, I need that. He says, well, let me show you what I can do. Praise the Lord. How many of you experienced that in the Lord? You're trying, you got your little mind set on what you want to do, and God says, well, let me blow your mind, okay? Let, let me do something that oh far exceeds what you even thought could happen. Praise the Lord. You know, I look at my house and, you know, our street, and every, I just go like, God, how did we get here? You, you, you brought us here. We were in a little apartment one time, and a condo, and then a house on the cul-de-sac that, you know, was not good. But God, God brought, brought us up through tithing, through serving Him, through loving Him. He showed His mighty hand. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. Glory to God. So we can thank God for His miraculous. So if you want God to work in your behalf, take counsel with Him. He's a wonderful counselor. His counsel doesn't just get you by, but it, it uh, catapults you into the miraculous. Yeah. Into things like we were believing for a church for 13 years. That's a long time to believe God. My wife and my son said, uh, Dad, huh? You know, church-, <laughs> church is supposed to be in the church, okay? <laughs> Why don't you hurry it up a little bit, okay? I'm- <laughs> so we looked, I mean, we did a lot of looking around at other. Places that we could renovate, you know, well, we could tear this wall out and change the carpet and all this, and it, it just doesn't didn't work out, but this was just above what we could ask or think, for God is good, praise the Lord. And we're going to be getting new carpet, guys. Uh, God has blessed us. Like I said, people have been blessing the ministries, and so it makes us available to be able to have new carpet so you guys can look really good in here, amen? <laughs> so... How many of you need some miraculous results in your life? Amen. Well, guess what? He's the counselor that will do that. All you have to do is go to him, and he'll show you things that you didn't think that you could do. He'll show you secrets that you didn't know, you didn't have anything about. It's kind of like, you know, uh, astrophysicists trying to explain something to a kindergarten. You know, like, little boy, don't you know what E equals MC squared means? No, I don't know what that means. That's God trying to explain things to us. Our job is to pray. His job is to make it happen. Praise the Lord. And he does it by leading you and guiding you by his spirit. I like that. You're not in control, right? Your only control you have is to pray unto God, serve him, love him. He'll take care of the rest. He told Moses, you stretch forth your rod, I'll part the Red Sea. Amen? Amen. He told the people that are around Lazarus, you roll away the stone, and I'll raise him from the dead. He didn't say, I'll I'll roll away the stone, and you guys raise him from the dead. That wouldn't have worked too good, would it? Come out. Come out. (laughs) Come out. (laughs) Wouldn't have worked. So anyway, if you want counsel, go to him. Now, the second uh, name is Mighty God. Wow. That's special. Mighty God. We don't realize how mighty he is. What does it mean? It means a warrior, a champion. A hero. Don't you need a hero in your life? Someone that come alongside of you and, and fight your battles for you? Because that's what, it's a military term. It means a warrior, someone fights your battles for you. And we talked about how men are desirous of having a hero with them. And so they make up people, make up names, make up uh, men like Superman and Aquaman and Batman and Spider-Man and all kinds of man's. Except for Jesus, man. That's the one we need, right? Jesus to come in and be a mighty God to us. And that word mighty has the connotation of coming just in the nick of time. Just when you need him. Just when you think things are not going to work out. He comes in. Here I am to save the day. So what we have to do is call upon the Lord. Can you call upon him? Call him. Let's look at what it says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. He says, call on me and I will what? Put you on hold, talk to you later, put you to my secretary. No, I will answer and show you mighty things that you know not of. Is there some things that you don't know? I think so. I see people, I have have friends that are buying houses now. How do you buy a house now? I asked them, how did you do that? He says, I don't know. The Lord kind of worked it out. So... We have to allow the Lord to work in our behalf because we don't know everything. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, his ways are not our ways. He is far and above all that we uh, know what to do. But he lowers himself down to talk to us. Now, check this out. Isaiah 65, verse 24. Now, these are scriptures you may not have seen before, but when you see them, you can take hold of them, you can use them in your life. Look what it says. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. What? Before you even ask, he says, I already got the provision for you. Isn't that what he did with Abraham? Abraham went up to the mountain, he said, Sacrifice your son. But before he did, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, the angel held his hand from striking him. He said, there's a ram in the bush. Go get it. Now, how did that ram get there? Did he just appear? No, he had to come up from the backside of the mountain and walk up there to be ready for you to find the provision. Guess what? Your provision is already ready there for you. All you have to do is call. (laughs) Hello, Jesus. Hello, help me. And he said, I will answer you even before you call. I'm already having it in mind. I'm already getting it prepared for you. I'm getting a a place prepared for you. So that's good news. Amen? So when you take time and spend time with God, he does marvelous things. You know, that's the hardest thing is to slow down and spend time with the Lord. It is. is. We're all busy. Got to do this. Got to do that. And every time you slow down to talk to him, a bunch of things run through your mind. I got to go check this. Got to do that. Did Did I make sure I did this? But you have to discipline yourself. To spend time with him and and allow him to speak to you and talk to you. So he does marvelous things that we didn't know could happen, and he does it above our expectations. What kind of God is this? He's a wonder-working God, praise God. So we don't have any problems with that. Now, okay, so wonderful counselor, we can understand that. Mighty God, we can understand that. But what about this next uh, name, everlasting Father? What does that mean? I thought he was the son, and now you say he's the everlasting father. Which one is it? Is it God the father? Is uh, is he the son? And I'm sure Isaiah, when he was writing, and he he had it on his desk, and his servant came by and said, look, at uh, Isaiah, you got your son, and you got everlasting father. Did you hear it right? I mean, come on. Which one is it, you know? Did you hear that right from the Lord? Is he a son, or is he a father? Make up your mind. (laughs) Praise God. Well, I am a son, and I'm also a father, right? But let's see how God, uh, why Isaiah called Jesus the everlasting father. You ready? The Bible says we were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. Did you know you were dead, spiritually dead in your heart? You thought you were all that and a bag of chips, but God's saying, you know what? You're a million miles away. You have no hope. You're without God. You don't have a covenant or a promise, but God, who is rich in mercy with his great hand, reached out towards us, captured us, grabbed us, called us his own, and adopted us into the family. This is amazing, isn't it? So our first birth is when our mother, you know, birthed us. But our second birth is when Jesus came and gave us a new life. He, we became what? Born again. So he is the father of our salvation. He is the father of our new birth. That's why he's called Everlasting Father. That's why he called his disciples little children. Little children. You know not what you are doing. But so, so he, 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 uh, he establishes us. And let's look at Nicodemus. He didn't understand this. Nicodemus came to him at night. And that's why we call him Nick at night. Okay. I'll wait for the laughter to die down, praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus, Nicodemus comes to him at night and he says, you know, God must be with you because no one can do miracles like you did, do unless God is with you. And Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, he went right to the, right to the crux of the matter, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, Right? Nicodemus scratched his head and said, what do you mean born again? Do I got to go into my mother's womb again? That's impossible. He said, no, uh, you have to be born from above. When God comes in with his spirit, all of a sudden you come to life. And all of a sudden you understand things. All of a sudden you know that God uh, belongs to you and you belong to him. Do you remember that moment? When your eyes were open, you go like, whoa, okay, now I know where I'm here, why I'm here, and what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to love people. I'm supposed to be uh, his messenger. He so much loved me, I want to love others. Praise God. Is that your experience? Is that still your experience? Are you still wanting to tell people about the Lord? Still tell them about His goodness? Never give up. Never get tired. Keep doing it. No matter where you are or what you're doing, you can't help but what did Jeremiah said? It's like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't stop talking no matter where I am or what I'm going. I could be laying on my deathbed and say, you know what? Jesus loves you. <laughs> Do you know him? I'm going to go see him. <laughs> you want to come with me? Praise God. Isn't that what Jesus did when he's being crucified on the cross? He told the, uh, the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. Witnessing when he's dying, when he's been tortured, beaten. Uh, you know, I was, I was talking to... Um, Ashley and we were talking about, the Bible says, by his stripes, we were healed. But actually, if you look it up in the uh, Greek, that word stripes is a singular word, by his stripe. Now, why would they say that, singular, one stripe? Because they beat his back so much that it was laid open, it looked like just one stripe in his back. This is how much he loved us, that he took 39 lashes and they opened up his back so much. And then, this is amazing. They put a cloth over him, a robe over him. And then you know how blood coagulates on the, on the cloth? And then they ripped it off. And so another rip off, uh, you know, in his back. I'm, I'm going, this is something that he really paid the price. So people say, do you really want to heal me, Lord? Yes, what do you think? I paid the price for you. By, your, by my stripe, you are healed. Amen. Praise the God. So Jesus is our everlasting Father. He loved us so much to save us. Now, you guys know the story. Way back when, in Genesis, Adam and Eve were in the garden, right? They were walking with God in the cool of the evening. They had sweet fellowship with him. They were like God. God told Adam, well, let's, here, I, I got an Adam right here. Come on up here, Adam. Amen. Meet the new Adam. Okay, God bless you, brother. You didn't know Adam was taller than God, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, now listen, Adam. I want you to be in charge of the garden. I want you to tend it, take care of it. You know, I want you to name all the animals and, and, and take care of everything. But I, see that tree right there? Knowledge of good and evil. Don't, don't eat from there. Okay, whatever you do, don't eat. You can do whatever you want, but just don't eat. From, okay, got it. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a helpmate. Someone to come along and help you with, you know, everything. And, and, and she's beautiful, okay? All right, yeah. Here, let's see. We have Eve here? Here she is. Look at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Come on back, Adam, here. <laughs> All right. We're on camera here. Okay. Come a little closer. Okay. So, so his reaction was, whoa, man, that's a good looking girl. And, and uh, so because he was formed from the dust, but she was crafted and carved and, and made perfect from your rib, right? So she looked better than you. Now, <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. You're the head of the covenant. I told you Don't eat from any other tree. You can eat from every tree, but just not that one from good and evil. Okay? You got it? Okay. Now, the problem was, uh, step aside because uh, the tempter comes to talk to Eve and says, Eve, did God not say that you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? And Eve says, no, we could eat of all the trees, but we can't even eat out of that one or even we can't even touch it. And he said, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. You know, God knows that if you eat of that apple or that fruit, that you're going to be like God, and you'll know good from evil. So here, I got, I got an apple for you. You didn't know apples came out of poinsettias, did you? <laughs> okay, so look how nice that is. Isn't that good for food? And it's beautiful, and it'll make you wise. Go ahead. Take, take a little bite. Okay, there you go. Oh, isn't that nice? Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you, and Bible study people, you can't answer this question, but what happened when Eve ate the apple or the fruit? What happened? Huh? Actually, if you look at it, nothing happened. No, because you know why? The covenant was Adam. He was the head of the covenant. He was in charge. He he was supposed to, whatever he did, we all inherited what his righteousness was. So here's where the problem came in, is when Eve said, hey, this is pretty good. I feel pretty good. So she gets another apple or fruit and gives it to her husband. He tries to say no, but you know, you just can't say no to your wife. So he says, well, you know, Eve did it. I'm going to do it. All of a sudden, guess what happened? The glory of the Lord lifted. There's no ad-libbing here, please. (laughs) What happened was, the glory of the Lord left them. They found out that they were naked. And then God came and said, Adam and Eve what are you doing? You're hiding. Who ate from the fruit? And they said, God, we sinned. We messed up. And the, the story is that Eve, Eve ate them out of house and home because they had to leave the garden. And then everyone that is born takes on their, you know what they call it? Original sin, right? The original sin. So, so let's have some people that are born after Adam like Chris come on up here and just line up behind Adam here. Uh, uh, Joe, why don't you come up here? Both Joes, come on up here. Okay, you guys were born after. You were born after Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. So you're here, and you're um, you're here, and you, you know you're born, and you're going around. But guess what? You're dead in trespasses and sins. But hallelujah! Guess who came along? Mr. Hero, Mr. Mighty God, Mr. Everlasting Father, Jesus yes. is here. All right, Jesus is here. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Play it up. (laughs) Come a little closer, Jesus. Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, This is our protege for Jesus, you know. Uh, But anyway, so Jesus came. He lived a perfect life, did not sin one bit, never, didn't even think about it. So everyone that comes along uh, after Jesus and accepts him into his heart, into their heart. Guess what? They take on his righteousness. So you people that were born in Adam, do you want to switch over to Jesus' family? Come on over, yeah. Come on. Yeah, Jesus is welcoming you. There you go. Perfect. Praise God. Amen. Now, here's what happens here. (laughs) Good job, Jesus. Okay. Here's what happens. When this man sins, what happens? Does the, is the covenant broken? No, because what's the covenant with the head, Jesus? It's 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 not uh, it, the standard hasn't left. He's there, and you have fellowship with the Lord. But all you have to do is ask for forgiveness, and you get right back in line with Jesus' righteousness. Amen. So don't feel bad if you've sinned; you've missed it. Just say, Lord, I, forgive me. I'm sorry. You're back, right back into righteousness. He, God looks at you just like he's looking at Jesus. So let's line up here. Jesus, look at, look at me. Okay, you guys line up, line up behind me perfectly. Okay, so now, uh, Joe, if you start getting out of line. Oh, man, look at that flesh. Oh, my gosh. Joe, you better get back into Jesus. Get back in. There you go. All right. See, all I see is Jesus and everybody alongside of them. Amen? Amen. How many of you are in Jesus? Amen. He is your everlasting Father. Amen. Give our actors a hand, please, God. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right, that's called overacting, praise the Lord. (laughs) But that's okay, all right? We're acting on the Word of God. Glory to God. So, we got him as an as a, as a everlasting father. But what does everlasting mean? Everlasting means forever and ever, right? That means no abandonment, no, uh, what, they, what do they call that when they, uh, absentee's dad, no uh, leave you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you forever. He doesn't make promises and don't come through. He's there all the time. Now, my wife, she said she never had a father, so it's hard to relate. I said, I'll be your daddy, okay? This is... What, listen to me. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's hard to imagine a father who is out of time but comes back into time to be with us, isn't it? Because we, we are all, we're regulated by time. That's why we have calendars. That's why we have clocks. And, and we're stuck in time. Our whole life is based on time, isn't it? What time are you coming over? What time is dinner? What time's the ball game? What time? What time? What time? And and we say things like, boy, time flies. I'm just killing time. I'm doing time. That's perfect timing. There's daylight savings time. There's Eastern Standard Time. There's one moment at a time. It's high time. I'm making up for lost time. Is it the right time? Just in the nick of time. I need some quality time. It's just a waste of time. It's about time. Uh, let's just take it one day at a time. Wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> there is no time out in this world, is there? No, it's God all the time. So we, we can experience the love of God, His perfect love forever without any time. Amen? So the second thing, are you liking this? Is this isn't this good? I told you I, I told you would like it. But the second thing about Jesus being an everlasting father is that he demonstrates the character and attributes of a father. He demonstrates a father's treatment towards us. I know my father always asked me, son, what do you need? Do you need anything? Let me know what I need, what you need. He always was there. And so the fatherly relationship that Jesus has to us is that of a father. He has compassion. He's just like the father. If you've seen me, he said, you've seen the father. If you see what I do, that's what the Lord does. He has compassion towards us. When he was walking around the earth, he, the Bible says that well, he had compassion on those, and he healed them. He didn't say, oh, man, they're, they're having a hard time. No, he has compassion on them. In, in Matthew 9:36, let's look at it. But when he saw the multitudes, Jesus did, he was what? Moved. Not just touched, moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He had a fatherly characteristic and nature about him. He wanted to gather them in and bring them home. Amen? Now, it's a great responsibility being a father. Did you know that? A father leads and guides his children, and studies have shown over 20 years that a father's influence is fundament- fundamental in a child's emotional development. He provides inner growth and strength And a supportive father provides a sense of well-being and self-confidence. Children look for a father to lay down the law and enforce them. That gives them stability, confidence, strength. You know, uh, I went to a Bible study and a couple of the guys, I don't know where they got their teaching from, but they they came up to the the, uh, presenter and he, he said, well, how are you doing? He goes, ah, you know, having a rough week, you know. Things are just not going right. I'm battling. And so I asked him, are you battling on the inside or on the outside? In other words, is there situations that you're facing, or is it on the inside, are you battling your emotions? He said, oh, it's, it's on the inside. I was ready to slap him. I was like, what's wrong with you? Don't you know who you are? You're a son of the Most High God. God has redeemed you and strengthened you. You, you need to you know, keep a stiff upper lip. Come on. Stick your chest out. Walk proud. You know God is on your side. Amen? That's what you have to do. And I prayed with him, and he goes, yeah, I feel better now, you know. (laughs) You need a father to straighten you out and tell you who you are in Christ. Praise the Lord. And when situations come your way and they're not positive, you don't give up. You don't abandon, you know, your faith in God. You just keep believing that God is going to work together for your good. Praise the Lord. So a father cares and affirms his children. Isn't that what God the Father said to Jesus? This is my son in who I am well pleased. Guess what? We're the same as Jesus. He's well pleased with us. He knows we're not perfect, but we're in that covenant with him, and he looks at us just like he looks at Jesus, and he wants to bring us all in. Glory to God. So a father, Jesus demonstrates the same characteristics, nature, and care that the Father has for us. Let's look at this in, in Matthew 11:28. 28. He said, come to me, all ye that labor. you laboring and are heavy laden. You're heavy laden. I will give you rest. Glory to God. In Jeremiah 3:14, here's a couple of scriptures for you. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you from a city and... Two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Now, here's the part I want to show you. And I will give you shepherds or pastors according to my heart. According to my heart. I'm a shepherd according to God's heart. I hurt when you hurt. When you're not at church, I feel like, wait a minute, we're having a family meal and you're not here? It's just something missing. It's like, you know, an arm's not there. But... He said, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amazing thing that my son said after he got uh, ordained. He said, something came on him. He had a pastor's spirit that came upon him to care for the flock. He sees the sheep being scattered. He wants to help them and give them understanding and wisdom. That, that's God infusing that. I remember when I was doing children's church. And I was, uh, we were collecting money for a stage, a puppet stage. And so they were giving money and they had a little, we had a chart. My dad was going to make a. A puppet stage for us. And as I was counting the money in the closet, the Lord said, if you're faithful in counting the children's church money, I'm going to make you count the big church's money. I said, ooh, that's good. I like that, yeah. It wasn't a month later, they called me in the office, and the senior pastor said, you know, our administrator has left, and he left a mess. Can you, the Lord, press upon me to call you to see if you'd want the job. Yes, Lord. Yes. I've been praying for this time. And there I was. And so the first day in Sunday service, I'm supposed to do the offering, right? So I get up, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's on me. I go, this is beautiful. (laughs) Okay, all right, guys. It's time to give to the Lord. Amen? It's a great day. Amen? God loves a cheerful giver. And it just came out. And I said, wow, that's... And every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we had meeting for 18 years, I took the offering. Why? Because God bestowed it upon me. He gave me his heart in doing it. So whatever you're called to do, like I look at the children's church teachers, God's calling them to do that. They do it with grace and ease and love. Why? Because they're acting in the stead of God. Glory to God. So, okay, so that's the everlasting father. The last uh, name we're going to look at is Prince of Peace. Ah, I love this. Don't you love to be at peace? Don't you like it when all your problems solved? You don't have a. You wake up, there's nothing on your mind. You just go like, I just love you, Lord. It's so good to be in your presence. Glory to God, Prince of Peace. Now, uh, in, in Romans five verse one, it says, "Therefore, having been justified by, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." One brother said, "I didn't know God was mad at me. What do I mean? I have to have peace. He's not mad at you, but he's mad at sin." And he had to take care of sin so that he could welcome you into the family. Let's look at Psalms 7 and 11. God is a just God, and he is angry with the wicked every day. (laughs) Every day he can't take it. You ever go to places where they're not talking about God and it's all, you know, natural stuff? You can't take it. You can't take it for it. God said, I can't take it. But we are not of the wicked because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in John 3:36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him Did you know that the wrath of God is abiding on people that don't accept the Lord that that the judgment day is coming and that if they don't accept the Lord for the forgiveness of their sins they're going to spend eternity in hell what a responsibility we have to be the prince of peace, to let them know God's not mad at you. God loves you. He wants you to come into the family. Glory to God. Now, let's look at this. And I'm almost done. You okay? Okay. Uh, in Luke 2.14, in uh, the NIV, or let's see, let's see the King James Version first. Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So we think that's all men, right? Glory to God, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, not true. Here's the accurate translation in the NIV. It says, uh, "God, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Is He pleased with you when you follow the Lord? Yes. So that's what God is looking for. He, we want to have peace with Him. And in John 20, verse 21, Jesus said unto them, "Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you to give peace." Now, look at this. I'm going through this kind of quickly because I want to get to this one part. In Matthew 10, verse 11 and 12, it says, Now, whatever city or town you enter, you ready for this? Inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a house, greet it. And the next verse, if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can actually deposit your peace into a house, into a situation, into a family? Yes. He said yes. He said if they're worthy and they're willing, willing to accept it, you can bring peace to their situation. And I learned that in following a man of God. And we were at church one day, and this woman came up, and she was all frantic and, oh, you know, this and that. And he just looked at her and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And peace came upon her. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when I hear families are having problems or situations, I just said, Lord, the peace be upon them in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus did this. Look at this in Mark 4, 38 through 39. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. You know, there was a big storm going on. And they woke him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I like the King James, don't you? Like they're having tea. Carest thou not that we're going (laughs) to die. (laughs) Do you think they said it that way? No. They said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die here. And Jesus got up. He didn't get excited. What did he do? He arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, peace, be still. Jesus did it. We can do it. Peace, be still. Praise the Lord. And the wind ceased, and there was a what? A great calm. Do you want some great calm in your family? Peace, 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 peace Lord Jesus. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, in all of his uh, writings, in the epistles, he would say, grace and peace be unto you, right? What was it from the God, from our God, our Father? What is he trying to say? Have peace, have the grace of God. And see, peace came from the Old Testament, the Hebrews, they always, they always said, shalom, right? peace. But grace was the New Testament, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he wanted to cover the Jewish people and the Christian people. Grace and peace unto you. And now the Apostle uh, Peter, not to be outdone, here's the way he does his. He says, uh, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. You I'm not just taking regular grace and peace. I want it to multiply it in your life. Do you want it to be multiplied in your life to where God is like, I have peace that passes all understanding, guarding my heart and my mind. I know things are troubling, but you know what? God's working it all out together for my good. I want to ask you something. How many times when situations arise, do you blow up? Do you get excited? Do you take it out on people? Do you blame other people? Do you get mad at yourself? You, you, You don't have to do that. Someone told me that your first reaction is the reaction that God works with. So if you have a problem and you revert or resort to being in the natural, God can't really work with that. And and my last illustration, when I was, when we were at a a church, we were on the parking lot, our parking lot, our our house, our house, what do they call that, our parsonage was on a parking lot. So there's a big pole there, and it was foggy one morning, and I Got up, I was in a hurry, and I was listening to the radio, and I put it in, in park and took off. But guess what? The pole, some, some, over the night, someone put a pole right there. And bam, I went right into it. Nice and strong and sturdy. I didn't slap the dashboard. I didn't cuss. I didn't say anything. I said, Lord, get me out of this one. Help me. My first reaction is not, you know, cussing or blaming or anything. It was, Lord, help me. So the Lord put upon my heart, said, there's a guy in your church. Remember, he's a, he works for a body and paint company. Call him. So I called him. I said, well, here, I have a little problem, you know. This, this pole jumped out at me. And he said, well, bring it in. We'll take a look at it. And I brought it in. He said, oh, yeah, we could fix it. I go, can you fix it today, you know, before Mary Ann comes home? <laughs> now you're asking too much, okay? <laughs> he said, no, we, we, we can take care of it. And we'll, we'll cover it so you don't even have to pay the deductible. I go, oh, that's good. So I went home, and I didn't have a car, right? And so one of the pastors said, oh, I have, a spe- I have an extra car. You could use it. So he fixed the, the, the car. I got a rental car for free. All is well. Amen? But my first reaction, what is your first reaction? God, you're going to make this work out. Amen? So this is what the Lord told Aaron to bless the people. He said, the Lord bless you. Let's see the last. Yeah. You ready? You've heard this before, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his confidence, uh, countenance upon you and give you what? Peace. Amen. Lift up your hands. Let's receive the peace that comes from knowing the Lord. That he solved all of our problems, did everything that we, whatever uh, needed to be done, he has already done it for us. On the cross, he said, it is finished. All that you need is in him. So let's worship him and thank him for what he's done for us. We thank you, Lord, that you're a glorious God. You're our mighty God. You're a wonderful counselor. You're our everlasting Father, and you are a prince for our peace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, can I just say one thing? Um, You know how we take some time out to just kind of worship the Lord? A brother was telling me that he did it the other day, and the Lord gave him a vision of where he wants him to go and what he wants him to do. So everything is in the spiritual realm, And, and you stay in the spirit. God will show you things. That you know not a praise the Lord, Amen. Before we dismiss, I want to make sure that the actors know that we have rehearsal uh, from 12:30 to 1:30. But before that, we have costumes for you all, and if you can go in the fellowship hall and get suited for your costumes, you know the king and the poppers and all everybody, <laughs> the wise men, and then uh, so then we'll have practice. And we've got my mi- uh, uh, wireless microphones for you, so we don't have to keep passing the mic around, okay? We're going to look like a real live production, amen? (laughs) Praise God.